Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for February 1st. Oh my fucking God, it's February. Time is flying. My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter, at ETOF21 Sports underscore on Instagram for free, free horse rating stuff, at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing for free fantasy football advice and for hot takes on Instagram. At etoff 21 sports underscore fantasy. How is everybody doing? Did we have a good weekend? And wow. The one thing that the NFL can do is even when there is nothing going on for the NFL, they can make news. And obviously the big news popped Saturday night was the Detroit Lions were trading Matt Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams for two first round draft picks a 2022-2023 first-round draft pick, 2021 third-round draft pick, and Jared Goff. So obviously, with that being the big news over the weekend, the first thing I want to do with this podcast is I want to hop into that trade and give you guys my thoughts. I put a little post out at etof21sports underscore fantasy, but I just wanted to dive a little bit more into that. Now, let's look at it in terms of the Rams' perspective. Obviously, with what Jared Goff was producing on the field, McVay and the rest of the Rams organization, they didn't feel that he was giving them enough to win. Their defense was great, kept it in many of games, but you have to be able to score points. And Goff consistently struggled with pressure in his face. He consistently was ineffective. When they were placing a team that would sit back and didn't have a good pass rush, he was great. He was good. He was serviceable. But anytime they played a team with a pass rush, he constantly struggled. And that was his biggest flaw. Now with Stafford, you're getting a veteran quarterback, a quarterback who I feel is one of the elite players in the game and whose talent was being wasted in Detroit, going to an offensive genius, hopefully in McVay, a great running game, and you have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, two tight ends in Higby and Everett, Van Jefferson, the young rookie, and Josh Reynolds, a good receiving core. And with the way they're built on the defensive end with Aaron Donald, Jalen, Ramsey, this team is built to win now. And that's what Stafford's going to do. Stafford's give him a chance to win the Super Bowl. But because of everyone's age and contracts, it's only going to be a two-year window. So... For the Rams to quote-unquote win this trade and everyone gets a hard-on about who won the trade, they have to win a Super Bowl. If the Rams win a Super Bowl, they won this trade. That's hands down the way you have to look at it. Do I think this gets them closer to a Super Bowl? Yeah. But their defense was great last year, but now they're going to have to have a new defensive coordinator because they lost Staley to the Chargers, who's the Chargers' new head coach. So they're going to have to fill that void. So I don't know how good the defense is going to look. But offensively, this is going to be a much better explosive attack with a quarterback that can do well with pressure in his face and throw the ball downfield. So I like what the Rams did. Will it produce a title? Only time will tell. Now let's look at the Lions and also props to the Lions. This this is where Stafford wanted to go. Lions could have traded him someplace else, but this is where he wanted to go and they made it work out. So props for them, because the Lions have a history of Dick and Calvin Johnson, 
They dick Barry Sanders. So props for the Lions for making this trade work out and sending Stafford to a destination that he wanted to play at. Now there's this report that Stafford would be traded anywhere but New England. Why not New England? Well, that's simple. Fat Matt. He doesn't want anything to do with Matt Patricia. And it is astonishing to me that Belichick would hire someone that would prevent a game-changing talent like Stafford going to the Patriots. Now, the Lions are getting back Goff. Goff obviously answers the question, who's going to be under center for the Lions? Because obviously no one knew what they were planning to do with Stafford making it known that he wanted to be traded and the Lions' willingness to trade him. The biggest thing for me with Goff under center means that the Lions aren't going to be taking a quarterback with the seventh pick, which is a blessing in disguise. Because I really think that Wilson's going to go to BYU. Fields is going to be on the board. And I really think Fields isn't the answer. And he's going to kind of struggle at the NFL level. I don't think long term, if you want to build a contender, he can be your quarterback. So I think that is a blessing in disguise that they got Goff. And Goff will be the quarterback, so they won't draft a quarterback. And some of these guys, they just need to change the scenery. Let's not forget, Goff did lead the Rams to the Super Bowl in 2018. So, I mean, he did get him to a Super Bowl. So maybe a change of scenery, being in a new offense, maybe that's what Goff needs. But again, like I said, he struggles with pressure in his face. So it's going to have to be a line that gives him pressure and playing against the Bears and the Vikings and the Packers who they have decent defenses. Some are better than the others. I Goff's going to seriously have to take steps in the progression to be the quarterback after his two-year contract is run out. But with the draft capital they got, hopefully this means the Lions are going to try to build it the right way, build up the offensive line, build up the defensive line. Offensive line is pretty set. I like what they've done in the offensive line. Yeah, I think the offensive line is set. So build up the defensive line, build up the linebackers, and build up the secondary, and build it through the draft that way. And then once you get all that in place, then worry about the quarterback position. Get all the other pieces in place like the Colts did, like the Cowboys did. Because let's not forget, Cowboys had a two-year window a couple years ago to get win a Super Bowl. They just didn't do it, but they built the team the right way through the draft with offensive line and defense. Same thing that the Colts are doing right now. They built it through the draft, and now they're just trying to find a quarterback to get them over to the hump. And if the Lions do it that way, I, I love it. If the Lions start chasing draft picks, chasing quarterbacks, then I have an issue. But another thing is, Holmes is the GM now. Holmes has a history of drafting good players for the Rams with what he's done. But as a Lions fan, I know the Lions whiff on a lot of draft picks. So I am kind of worried about that, that the Lions will be able to draft the right players to get a contender on the field. So that's kind of where... My head is with this Lions-Rams draft, which happened Saturday evening. And honestly, everyone posts winners and losers. There's no way you could know who won or lost the draft. Because honestly, if the Rams win the Super Bowl, the draft is worth the The trade's worth it. They won a Super Bowl. That's what they're hoping to accomplish. And we won't know until three years down the road if any of the players the Lions drafted were able to get on the field, be productive, and take this team to a playoff or even more. So it is way too early to be giving out trade grades and who won and who lost the trade. But that's my two cents. Now, the next thing I want to hop into 
is I experienced one of the fucking worst beats you can have as a player, as a better. And it's part of the game. It happens to everybody. Now, one of my guys messaged me. He's like, he said, what do you do? I just smile and I move on to the next one. I know it's tough because you guys are losing money. I'm losing money too. I, I bet everything that I send out to my clients. But you're on the right side. The capping was right. It was just a fluke. If they play that game a hundred times, LSU, which we had, we had LSU plus three and a half. They were up, what was it, seven with a minute and a half to go, minute 15 to go. And they lose by five. Texas, not Texas, Texas Tech goes on a 12-0 run. And LSU follows with less than a minute to left to play. And it happens, guys. Sometimes you're on the right side of bets, you win. Sometimes you're on the right side of bets and lose. Sometimes you're on the wrong side of bets, win. It's one of these games. And all you can do as a better is you just play the number, play the situation. And over the long period of time, you'll be on the winning side. And that's what I do for my clients. And we're on the winning side. It didn't work out. Next time it'll work out. That's part of the game. And the last thing I want to jump into, because there is no football to have a reaction episode to, I'm going to react to a tradition like no other, the Royal Rumble. Now, unfortunately for the Royal Rumble, I did miss the Nia Jack, Shayna Bazemore, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka match. I admit it, I had a golden pick four going on, and I was locked onto that. So I missed that match in the pre-show, so I can't really give my thoughts on that. So let's start out. First match, Drew McIntyre against Goldberg. Not going to lie. I really thought we were going to get the Goldberg squash. Goldberg coming in and burying a talent like we've seen numerous times. Match was a little longer than I thought it was going to be. I thought we'd get one of those four-minute Goldberg specials. But in the end, Goldberg did the right thing. Put over McIntyre. McIntyre allowed Goldberg to get some offense in, so didn't necessarily... Squash Goldberg allows him to come back for a WWE match, which I hopefully he does not come back for. So overall, I mean, was it entertaining? Yeah. Did it really do anything for me? No, not really. I give the match a C. Next match, Sasha Banks against Carmella. Sasha by far is the most over female star they have. Really looking forward to her build for WrestleMania. Carmella's come in. And offensively, she's improved. Let's not forget, she started out with Big E and Enzo and was a nightmare in the ring. She's put in the work, and she can main event a SmackDown, a Raw, and be in a women's championship program. The amount that she's grown has been great. There's some great spots with Reginald and everything in that match. Great match overall. I give it a B-. minus. Women's Royal Rumble. Now, I understand the thought process having Bianca Blair win because they've been building her up on SmackDown. I get it. I understand. My issue with the Rumble was how big of a waste was Alexa Bliss? Alexa Bliss has been carrying, carrying the Raw brand for how long? And before the Bray Wyatt, the friend burned by Randy Orton, her and Bray were carrying the Raw brand, the red brand. But now she comes in, what was she in? She wasn't even in the match for two minutes. And they already have a built-in feud with Asuka that would have been a great build going into WrestleMania. And that's how long they let her in there for? 
That was an awful fumble by WWE. Then they could have had her do something to screw Randy in the Men's Royal Rumble. Nothing. So the person that's been carrying the Raw brand, the mothership, for how long, had two minutes of screen time. That is awful. Awful, 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 awful. The match overall, I mean, the last five minutes was really good. But overall was meh. There were some great spots. Great to see Victoria, Tori James, Tori Wilson, and Mickey James come back. I was really hoping Melina was going to come out there because Melina was my childhood crush. That girl is a Fox show. Alicia Fox came in, won the 24-7 belt. Great spots. Rhea Ripley, great run. But, you know, I mean, she, she's got the build, but it's like, I don't know. I, I get it because of COVID-19, they didn't... They had her lose the NXT to Charlotte, but I feel like they always get these things where they're building her up, building her up, building her up, and then right when it gets to the nod where she's going to take that next step and be that top female star, they knock her down, and that's kind of how I feel with this. Like I really felt like they had a chance to elevate her, too, and they, they fumbled that, even though she did make it to the final two and had the most eliminations. Lana knocking off Nia, that's going to lead to a program, obviously. Having Flair in the final three, nah, I mean, she's got that program going on with Lacey Evans. I would have liked to see Ric Flair or Lacey come out and eliminate her. Nice to see Naomi back. I really feel that she's a wasted talent. She should be one of the main eventers on SmackDown. I believe she's still on SmackDown. It's been so long since you've seen her. But overall, it was good. The last five minutes saved the match for me. I give that a B. Now, for the Men's Royal Rumble, this was interesting. There was a lot of money floating around in the betting market. Seth Rollins went off as the betting favorite because, as was pointed out on Twitter, WWE is moving to Peacock, NBC, their streaming service. It's a two-night event. They need two main events. Something that's going to draw people in. And obviously, the star power needs to be strong to draw people in. So that's why I personally bet on Seth Rollins as soon as I saw the money steaming. Just because I thought there was value on him. And I thought that he would get the rub and get the win. But having Edge win was obviously the right call. Um, He is really, 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 really good at promos. His promo power is insane. He gives the best promos out of anybody. And how old is he and how how much has he been away from the game? Powerful promo the other week on Raw, so it may, it makes sense for him to win. Orton, I'm again, like I said, Orton's got this huge program going on with Bliss and Bray Wyatt. Nothing going on. Gets put through a table, messes up what knee is supposed to be hurt, disappears, comes back, RKO, Edge throws him out. I mean, it just... The storytelling from the WWE's perspective, has gone downhill, and that's why the product is lacking. I used to be a huge WWE fan, but I admit, the amount I watch it now is drastically less. Um, Carlito came back. I thought, you know, it was great to see him. There's obviously that mix-up on Legends Night. And also talk about someone that's obviously on steroids. That guy is juicing like no other. That guy is fucking jacked. Shisuke Nakamura has been under a little bit of a push lately on SmackDown. Really thought they dropped the ball with him. Thought he should have at least been to the Final Four. Riddle and Bryan went at it, set up a little mini feud. But overall, I mean, I think Edge winning was the right call. Him 
and his promos at Roman Reigns and his promos will set up a great um, WWE WrestleMania main event. So that was obviously the right call looking at it, having him win. And it gives the star power to have a main event that people are actually turning and watch to watch. Excuse me. And then Roman Reigns, like I said, the quote unquote head of the table, he defeated Kevin Owens in a last man standing match. Out of their trilogy, this is by far probably the weakest match. There was some great spots, though. The Swanton off the forklift. Um, Reigns throwing Owens off the, what was that, the into those tables. I don't even know where exactly there are. They're in the screens with people watching. Um, yeah, great, great match, but not as good as the other three have been. A little bit of a botch when Owens handcuffed. Roman Reigns to the pillar and Paul Heyman couldn't get him off so the referee had to stop the count. Always a little interesting when there's a botch like that happening but I mean the thing is Owens is such a great worker he should always have or be in the title contention. He can do anything. He obviously but should go back to probably a mid card belt but Big E has the intercontinental belt so i really don't know what kevin owens's next move is but he's such a great worker he should definitely be in the one of the main event storylines or carrying one of the mid-card titles in terms of roman reigns his star power is insane right now he's doing some of the best work he has ever done in the wwe and his star power is right now equal to brock lasnar it's really going to be interesting to see what Babyface, they build up to take the belt off of him because right now, looking at the roster, who's it going to be? I don't think Edge is going to win. Having having Edge take the belt off of him, I think would be a mistake. I mean, maybe Big E, but Big E is going to have to have a huge buildup to be able to do that. So it's going to be interesting to see at WrestleMania what all transpires. Well, that's it. That's my thoughts on the Stafford trade, the bad beat we had on Saturday. And WWE Royal Rumble. I will be on the Gino Bacala podcast. Him and I are recording this Thursday. Give my thoughts on the Super Bowl. Him and I will talk a little Super Bowl Chiefs Bucks. That will probably come out Thursday night or early Friday morning. Then Sterling will come on Saturday. Him and I, Sterling from Silver Star Sports. Him and I will talk a little Super Bowl also for Saturday's podcast. And then after that... Oh my God, boys, Daytona 500, so off the post, Boston Sports will be on, him and I will talk a little bit about that. I have a blog post coming out, it will be out on Tuesday when I will rank the coaching hires in the NFL, and I'm working on one with the lessons learned this year in fantasy football. That's it, be safe, be well, and I will talk to you guys on Saturday.